Welcome back to the WWIA Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this special podcast series on the John McDaniel story. If you are, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast service. Let's learn more about John's military service as we dive into Part 8, the final chapter, SOCOM. To little buddy Holly and the Crickets. I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. I love it. Are you gonna give your love to me? There you go. Taking it back for you. Okay, so uh, here I am, back at you as promised. And um, what I'm gonna do here is um, finish up. I think this. I think there's maybe one or two more chapters you know, left here in um, uh, the rest of my story. And I think where I last left off was I was just coming out of the Joint Forces Staff College there in Suffolk, Virginia, getting ready to go to SOCOM. So, um, yeah, let me let me pick up there. So I'm, I'm a lieutenant colonel, okay? I, I, I get to SOCOM in, 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 in 05, 2005, and I've got uh, a couple years before I got my 20, and um, you know I can I, I can hang up my tennis shoes so to speak, and um, you know I've got no illusions at this point that I'm you know going to go on and 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 do anything else. I, I I've committed to retiring, um, but I did move uh, you know request an assignment, volunteered and request an assignment back at, at at Special Operations Command here uh, in Tampa. Uh, you know coming out of the Florida Keys after a year of school up in Virginia. And, um, you know, I, I'm, um, you know, I'm feeling, I think inside, I mean, I remember feeling like, you know, I need to get in this fight. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do, um, you know, but I, I think the best, the, you know, the best thing for me, you know, at this stage is, you know, to get uh, back to SOCOM where, um, you know, I've got the greatest chance of doing something, you know, meaningful, I guess, is what's on my my mind at the time. And so, um, you know, I get there and, you know, they've got me immediately, you know, involved in, uh, you know, some things that, uh, you know, do involve my skill set, you know, leveraging, uh, you know, my, my, my operational skill set in the information operations arena and space operations arena and my operational background and all this. You know, and, uh, you know, I think we, we, we certainly, you know, was on a great team and we certainly moved the, you know, moved the, the, you know, the football down the field a little bit, I think. But, you know, SOCOM got tagged with being the global, you know, synchronizer of the uh, global war on terror, you know, the GWAT, as we referred to it as. And so, you know, the war is raging. In times 2005, you know, I, you know, Iraq is is just an absolute beehive, and dudes are getting chewed up left and right. And, um, you know, I'm slugging it out every day in the trench. You know, you know, back and forth to SOCOM from Apollo Beach. I'm taking my skiff, you know, across the bay, and I've got a GS six, uh, yeah, GS six fifty. Uh, BMW, you know, parked at the marina at McDill Air Force Base. So I, I start my day by <laughs> get, get my uniform on, you know, do a little PT, get my uniform on, and, and run my skiff flat out across Tampa Bay, 
like a scalded ape with my hair on fire, um, you know, and, and it takes me about eight minutes to get from Apollo Beach to, you know, the McDill Mar Marina. I park my boat there and I get on my GS650 and I just haul it into the compound. So I'm starting my day every day at SOCOM doing my two, two of my most favorite things to do. You know, I'm, I'm on the water, I'm, you know, boating and I'm uh, on a motorcycle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that worked out most days unless the fog socked me in. But, you know, the, the hard part was going home because, and at least in the summertime anyway, because, you know, Tampa Bay gets a lot of storms. So, I was, you know, but I didn't care, you know, so I get, I get wet and getting caught in a few storms. Um, you know, here and there, but it was just great. You know, I mean, I, 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 and then I got the fish on the way home. So, you know, that was my life, but uh, getting back to you know, my work there, um, you know, helping to, you know, synchronize the global war on terror with all the combatant commanders and their staffs was like a super difficult thing to do. We all struggled with that. We didn't know, you know, most of us like, you know, I mean, what does that mean? Synchronizing the, you know, the global war on terror, you know, I mean, really, I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, the, the word synchronization in relative to you know, um, you know, a very complex problem set that, you know, defeating, you know, the, the, the global terror, the networks, the, you know, the terrorist networks, you know, across the globe at this point, um, you know, and the efforts against them. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a heavy lift, you know, and so we were sorting that out and I don't go too far into that, but, um, you know, I think that, I think by and large, we did a pretty good job of doing that, um, prosecuting the war. But, you know, for me, you know, I volunteered, you know, for the record, I volunteered seven times to get out of here and go over there and do something, you know, and, and I was told, you know, on every occasion, no, you know, hey, blah, 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 you know, we need you here, you know, you're doing this thing in the interagency task force, you know, blah, 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 you know, and so I got, you know, I got, I just finally just like, you know, dropped my retirement paperwork and everybody's like, oh, uh, John, we'd like to keep you, uh, what can we do for you, John? And I'm like, well, you know, I asked to get deployed like seven times and you turned me down, would you like to go? I'm like, no. I'm not asking an eighth time. My mind's made up. Here's my packet. I love you all, but I'm retiring. Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, and that's what happened, you know. I mean, I unceremoniously, you know, retired. And, um, you know, that, that's it. I Not bitter, not at all, you know. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if they had sent me over there anyway. But, you know, I, would, I guess I would have probably felt better being in theater than back here, you know, in the rear with the gear. But, you know, everybody's got the job to do. You do your best at whatever they give you to do, you know. And so that's what happened. And, um, you know, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, because this dovetails, you know, certainly dovetails into uh, the foundation, the WWIA, the charity, uh, the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation that I started back in, you know, 2007. So, yeah, um, you know, what I what I used to do, um, was go to the James A. Haley Poly Trauma Center, and that's here in Tampa. And and it, it is at the time it was one of two polytrauma centers. And when I say polytrauma, I mean traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury, guys and gals, mostly guys, because you know that's who's that's who's on the front lines. But you know, lots of you know, unfortunately, you know, women are getting you know injured and you know as well in this thing. You know, it's just an indiscriminate you know, way of fighting a war. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, I, I, I used to go up to the James A. Haley Polytrauma Center 
on, uh, I think it was the sixth ward and, uh, forced myself to go up there in uniform and just, you know, see the guys, you know, Hey, you know, bring some magazines with me, hunting magazines and stuff. And, um, you know, it was absolutely heartbreaking to see, um, you know, young men, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, you know, in the hospital after they had got wounded in theater, uh, probably, you know, transported, uh, you know, to, to, to Germany and then over here, back over here to these polytraumasters. These are the worst of the worst guys. You know, these are guys that are most of whom will probably never walk again. Uh, they're all, you know, they, you know, either if you get a traumatic brain injury or a spinal cord injury, things are real bad. Okay. And there's guys up there chewing on rubber balls so they don't swallow their tongue. All right. Now, that might be hard to, you know, visualize, but trust me, that's what's going on up there. Moms and dads and, and, and girlfriends and wives and kids, you know, um, you know, all standing around bedside, you know, and been up there for weeks, you know, uh, hoping that their loved one is going to recover. And, you know, in some cases you could look at them, and just go, yeah, uh, thinking to yourself, you know, that's that 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 might not happen. You know, you can hear there's a jet going over right now. I'm back at SOCOM in the in the Airstream, but uh, the F-22 Raptor has been flying around. I love it. But anyway, so, you know, I'd go up there not infrequently um, just to, uh, you know, to remind myself of, you know, the 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 horrors of war. And what it was doing to our, you know, to the home team. So up there at the at the Poly Trauma Center, you've got, you know, Marines, mostly Marines and Army guys, uh, because that's, you know, who, you know, that that that's who's on the front lines, you know, taking it in the teeth for the most part. And um, so I met a, a lady by the name of Mary Donovan, who was their recreational therapist. And I kind of developed a relationship, uh, you know, with her because she would see me not infrequently up there. And I said, um, hey, how about I say I want to do something. And I guess that's at the end of the day, you know, as I was thinking about what I was going to do, getting ready to retire at SOCOM. You know, everybody says, you know, find something that you're passionate about and figure out a way to make a career out of it or figure out how to make a difference in the world doing it. And, um, you know, I, I took that very seriously and I wrote down on a piece of paper, you know, the things I was really passionate about. And I was like, okay, what's number one, how about this country? You know, I'm very passionate about this country. I'm very patriotic. I'm very passionate about the men and women who, you know, get wounded in combat. Um, and, and I have a huge soft spot in my heart for the average soldier, or Marine, you know, um, who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, wore our country's uniform, bled in our boots. You know, that to me is like, you know, I don't know, man, that just hits me every time that hits me. It still does, you know, just so anyway, I, I mean, um, that, that, those two things I'm absolutely passionate about. And I was like, okay, well, what else? And I was like, well, hunting and fishing. It's like, hmm. How am I, what am I, you know, so I started kicking around this idea um, of, you know, taking guys hunting and fishing, um, you know, uh, to, to uh, you know, help them in their, in their recovery efforts, you know, and because I knew what going out to the woods did for me, you know, and I always reset my, my headspace and my timing. So I figured it might as well, it probably would do that for others. And, um, you know, at the time I wasn't expecting 
you know, there, you know, to be uh, a lot of people that wanted to help me do that. I, I was fortunate in, you know, I had been doing some things, um, you know, that, that allowed me to have the kind of resource where I could, uh, you know, do these things without asking people for help, at least for, a, you know, a period of, of, of time. Um, so that's what I did. And I said to Mary Donovan, I was like, it was obvious that I wasn't taking any of these guys hunting or fishing. You know, they, you know, you can't, you know, they, they were, most of them were you know, never going to walk again, you know, and, 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 you know, the, the, the effects of their tra- you know, case of traumatic brain injury, you know, it was just, it was just beyond my ability to do that. So I, I thought I got to thinking, you know, I was driving home one day and I, and I heard on the radio, um, you know, that Van Halen was coming to the St. Pete times forum, which, you know, now is Amely arena, but, uh, you know, the, the big, uh, arena downtown, uh, sports arena downtown where they hold concerts when there's not a hockey game, you know, and big venues sort of thing. So, uh, I, I, there was a, an, an advertisement on the, on the radio that said Van Halen was coming to the St. Pete times forum. And, oh, by the way, it was the first time that Eddie, Eddie that David Lee Roth, was going to re- reunite with the band with Eddie Van Halen, and um, so I say they broke up. I mean, I'm not a huge Van Halen fan. I probably got you know several of their you know, albums or CDs somewhere, but um, you know, so I saw. I thought, well, geez, why don't I um, why don't I get a suite, you know, and um, go and ask Mary Donovan if she would be willing to get these guys out of the hospital and go to a rock and roll concert. So as soon as I said that to her, she's like, heck yeah. I was like, really? She's yeah. I said, okay, cool. So I got the suite and, um, you know, comes the day for the concert and I'm standing out front of the arena and, you know, we had a schedule. Okay. They'll be here at this time. You know, two monster buses from the VA show up, you know, you know, the doors open up. And, uh, you know, all pops Mary Donovan and some staff members and they start getting these guys, you know, who are on this bus out of the bus who are on their wheelchairs and, you know, and, and we're all kind of getting ready to go up to the, to the suite, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, meeting some of the guys and they're all staring at me kind of like with a scowl on their face, like, who are you and what do you, what do you want? <laughs> like, well, my name's John McDaniel and I'm just, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy that you're here. Let's go rock and roll, man. And so, you know, we, we, we got up to the, we got everybody up to the suite and, um, you know, boom, here they come. And it was on, you know, and, and, um, you know, obviously we're not serving any alcohol. These guys are all, you know, on medication, um, but they, they, some of them are able to work their phones. And so they're, you know, recording the concert and we're all having fun. I'm looking at the staff and everybody start beat, you know, tapping their foot and, you know, moving it to the music. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't know how this is going to go, but it looks like it's going good. And so, you know, fast forward the tape till the next morning, you know, I get the guys back on the bus. They, you know, bye everybody. And uh, the next morning, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. My phone's buzzing and I look at it. And it's Mary Donovan. I was like, uh, hey, Mary, how you doing? You know, good morning. She's like, listen to this. And she <laughs> takes her phone and just kind of puts it out in the air. And you can hear, you know, Van Halen, you know, on the sixth floor at the, the Polytrauma Center, James A. Haley, just rocking. <laughs> the dudes are loving it. She goes, this place is electric, man. She goes, it's great. Thank you. And I said, oh, you're so welcome. So, you know, the point of telling that story is that I, you know, hey, 
you don't need a piece of paper to do good. Okay, I, I, I mean, I have a registered charity with a five, you know, we're a five hundred one c three. You know, we, you know, uh, I won't go too far into, you know, into all of that. But the, the, you know, the only difference between that and not having one is, you know, people. If you have a charity, people can give you a registered charity with the IRS. People can give you money, and you can use that money for your cause, and you just don't have to pay taxes on it. See, that's the thing. And so, but you know, this is all before I had it. You know, the charity establishing my point of saying that is you don't need a piece of paper to do good okay and so it's just my way of sort of validating this idea of you know do i really want to do this so then i started taking guys hunting and fishing you know, I had a place at the, you know, I went down and bought a, a place, back, went down to the Florida Keys, bought another place. So I was bouncing back and forth between, you know, the Florida Keys and Tampa and my property in the north woods of Wisconsin. Um, and that's what I was doing. I was taking guys hunting and fishing, you know, between the Florida Keys and the north woods of Wisconsin. And it was, at the time, it was just onesies and twosies. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like at the scale that it is today you know today we've got 35 missions i'm sorry 50 missions in 35 different states you know and in a, in a couple of foreign countries that we've done done missions in. so you know the foundation's grown there's some like five thousand. you know last time we counted like five thousand volunteers across the country pitching in to make this thing work but back then it was me you know a boat uh, a chunk of land and, and you know and a, and a, you know and a dog and a bunch of guns and fishing poles you know and and it, that's what I was doing you know I was doing the you know the eaches guys you know lots of my good friends were you know calling me up you know that were battalion and brigade commanders saying hey John here's the name and the number of a guy that you know got banged up he's a super dude why don't you see if you can help him out that's how it all started and so um, you know we've now morphed into this you know thing where we're operating in small groups and there's leadership involved you know we've, we've got our Purple Heart you know select Purple Heart recipients, you know, going through our guide school. And, you know, it's very, you know, formal, well-planned and, you know, well-executed operations now. But, you know, at the time, it was just, you know, sort of me um, doing doing my thing, um, sorting this all out. So, yeah, I just wanted to and just kind of set this thing up because that's how it started, you know. Um, in the name Wounded Warriors in Action, actually, a good friend of mine was I was at SOCOM with. He was also a lieutenant colonel, and we were in the advanced course together. His name's Rich Wheeler, and aka Wheels. And and Wheels and I were sitting down, um, you know, just kind of. I was telling him what I was thinking I was going to do, and and I said, "Well, what are you going to call it?" And I was like, "You know, we're just kind of. I, I haven't figured it out yet, you know, sort of thing." And um, and and he came up with the the wounded warriors in action, you know, to kind of dovetail off a of rangers in action, which you know I was part of. I was a you know when I was at the RTB, I, I often volunteered to do the helo cast in the rangers in action thing, which is a demonstration for you know dignitaries and and, and rangers that are getting ready to go to the course. You know, we show everything from hand to hand combat to you know repelling, advance repelling, and all this stuff to include helo cast which is, you know, basically jumping out of a helicopter uh, into water chasing an RB-15 raft. It's pretty cool to watch guys, you know, exit, uh, you know, um, you know, a helicopter into a body of water um, and call it a helocast, you know. And so um, chasing their gear and chasing the boat and then, you know, going off and doing your thing. So, you know, when he said that, I was like, yeah, I like that. I like that. Ranger, you know, Wounded Warriors in action. Like, okay, cool. So that's what I went with, you know, WWIA. So Rich gets, you know, credit for naming that. 
uh, or coming up with a name. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's my story at, you know, at SOCOM. I had a great time. You know, I, I genuinely did. I mean, I love being back in, you know, in the arena, but, you know, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not casting any, you know, any, any, you know, any dispersions or anything, but I will, will tell you that, um, often I felt like I was, um, you know, I used to say making sausage, you know, at, at, that nobody wanted to eat, you know, at SOCOM. And, and um, during the global war on, you know, the GWAT synchronization bit, you know, and, and there was, you know, I just, I won't talk about, you know, I can't talk about or won't talk about, you know, details of what we were doing with whom we were doing it and all this. It just doesn't matter. And it bore you to tears. But um, I, I will say that it was a lot of staff work, a lot of hard work. Um, and, um, you know, but I, I would often just refer to it as sausage, sausage making. I didn't make that up. Other people did, but somebody else did. I first heard it and I was like, that's, that's appropriate, you know, because if you, if you watch somebody make sausage and see what they put in it, you just never eat it. And that's, that's sort of what was happening at SOCOM, I thought, you know, in, in support of the GWAT. So, um, anyway, it, it was a great time. Um, and, and I unceremoniously, uh, retired. I didn't even have a retirement ceremony. Um, I just uh, they they gave me a shadow box that was uh, all screwed up. That's funny. You're supposed to have all your military awards in it and whatnot. And some Navy dude, God bless him, put it together for me. He's like, "Hey, sir, here you go. I looked. I did you my best off your, you know, off your uh, ORB, your officer record brief." And I looked and I said, "Thank you very much." And I you know put it in my trunk trunk and. You know, never looked at it again. It's just, and then I went to Camp Hackett. You know, I packed, I, I bought a 40 foot fifth wheeler. I packed it for all my stuff, um, all my gear, all my kit, and I hauled it up to the North Woods of Wisconsin. And I lived like Jeremiah Johnson, um, you know, from, you know, the early, I remember I, re I retired in, you know, I think my date is November of 2007, some, po some point, but I had like, you know, 60 days of leave. So, you know, I was, I was pu pulling chalks out of here in september maybe august even and then heading up to Northwoods of wisconsin i stayed that that year all the way up through into january through christmas and into january until everything just froze solid and i was spending more time trying to stay alive than i was trying to you know hunt and do my thing up there so um yeah i eventually crawled out of the woods frozen and everything else but yeah i was like this is what i'm doing you know, I am full, full on committed to this thing. And, um, then, and, and then things started to grow and morph. And I, that's not the point of, of, of this, of this podcast is not to tell too much about the WWI because there's other podcasts out there that'll do that for you. But that's my military career, you know, super proud of, of, of what I did. Um, you know, I think I gave it my best and I certainly put the Johnny Mac twist on everything I did, but I think you have to do that you know, um, to be true to yourself and, you know, enjoy what you're doing, which I thoroughly did. I mean, it wouldn't change anything about my military career. Um, not one thing, you know, e even pointing my finger, you know, at, at a Lieutenant Colonel and going through Ranger school twice. I just, I, I wouldn't change it because it's, it's who you are, you know, and you learn from those lessons. And I think that's what, you know, that's what I think it, you know, the takeaway here is, you know, the life hack is, you know, um, Hey, you can't change the past. You can't. 
You might be a fast runner, but you're never going to outrun your past. So uh, don't spend any time worrying about it, you know, and, oh, I could have, should have, would have. You can't live that way. But how you can live is go, you know, I did this, I, I did that, and, and you know, I, I, I could have done this better, and I could have done that better, and I probably shouldn't have done that. You know, and you take those things, okay, those little pearls, that's wisdom, okay? And it's only wisdom if you apply it, okay? <laughs> you know, you've got to learn from the things, you know, that you did or, or or didn't do, and that's sometimes just as important. You know, I heard one of, one of my good friends. Of course, I've mentioned Dixon before, but you know, his father. I guess on his, uh, you know, uh, in his late years, as he was, you know, um, I guess ill and, and passing. Um, you know, said uh, to his second son Derek. You know, when as Derek asked him about regret, and 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 Colonel Gunther said, "This is Jack Gunther, Dixon's dad." said you know well it's uh, it's uh, better to you know it's better to uh, regret the things in life that you've done versus the things you haven't done and i thought about that and i ever since you know he, he relayed that story to me and i was like yeah oath that's that's true so Anyway, um, learn learn from what you did, learn from what you didn't do, and apply it to to, to present and and future, and and that's how you become a better person, and that's how you don't make mistakes, the same mistakes twice, you know. And so that's I guess the the you know the life hack that I wanted to share with you. I genuinely appreciate um, your time. Uh, I'm curious if anybody actually made it through uh, all all of these different podcasts to to listen to my story. I thought it was important to share. I was encouraged to do it, so I, I, I've done it. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, God bless you. And thank you very much for your time and listening. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.